Hello, and welcome to Local Listens. On this week's episode, we have Issaquah musician Al, or Rocco, of bands like The Mystery Monkeys and his solo project Rocky Start Rack. We talk stories, tell jokes, he tells us about being forced into music projects growing up, having a great music teacher, his old band breaking up on stage, and getting into herbalism. Other bands are mentioned throughout the episode, and you can find links to them in the episode description. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Local Listens. I am Bailey of Bailey Ukulele. And I'm Shane from Sanatorium Hill, and we have... Rocco! <laughs> <laughs> Two names. Yeah. That's amazing. I gotta say, I'm like so excited right now because I've been waiting for this episode for so long. Just gonna say. Yeah, we've been talking about this one for a while. Yeah. I hope I hope good things. Like always good. Always. So I don't know where to start. There's so much to talk about here. I guess we'll start with like how you got into music. Oh uh, wow! I mean. I think everybody is into music, like, just when they pop out of the womb, like, pre-womb. When I was a kid, me and my brother used to make video game parodies of popular music. And God knows if I was 10 years old today, I'd be writing Fortnite parodies. (laughs) No, I have always just been around musical friends, and we would go to the grocery store and write goofy songs about how we were going to buy some mac and cheese, and it was a mac and cheese party tonight. And, uh, is that a play on like TV party tonight? I have no idea what that is. Oh, TV party by Black Flag? Nope. Oh, well, I'm just gonna. My like headcanon is that. that... <laughs> is, uh... Shane's gonna you send know... you the link to that song later so you yeah. can listen to it and know what he's talking about. You've been in this podcast for like less than five minutes and you've already exposed me as a complete poser punk. <laughs> I don't know anything about the classics. Wow. Uh, like, what is, where is this podcast geez. going? Black Flag, Blue Day, who are they? <laughs> wow. But that's cool though that you, you did music parodies with your brother. Like, that's kind of neat to, like, you know, be doing musical stuff with your family. I mean, he kind of forced me into it. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm gonna I'm gonna write the song about Legend of Zelda, and you have to be in the background, look at giving me some harmony to like back me up. And oh, I was geez. like, I guess this is what we're doing today. <laughs> and... Sounds like previous bands I've been in. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I think every I think a lot of musicians can relate to that about being forced into something that you're not comfortable with, but you do it anyway to compromise because you like the band so much. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's grown on me. I. uh I think now that I think about every single musical project I've been involved in, I did not volunteer for. I was just kind of like, you're doing this today. And I was like, I guess I am. (laughs) That sounds like you're in a band with Bailey. I was going to say, wait a minute. (laughs) No. uh, Yeah, no, Al's right. I I really have to thank you for that, Bailey, though. You're very, uh, you're, you're a big advocate for me going out there and like, actually playing music like i really it's really nice to have someone that's willing to gas you up and be like oh I got you, thing. oh yeah so easy i remember just, like... the first time i ever heard you play music it was right after we had gone to a bomb shelter show and it was the first time i'd ever met you and you said you played guitar and i said oh i play folk punk and we were like let's get together and jam sometime i got you on facebook like two weeks later we get together at a park or something and you played me the happy song 
And at that so moment, I, I, I thought to myself, okay, we need to be friends. Like, I don't know how, but we really need to be friends. That's like the most genius song ever. And then we went busking like a couple weeks after that. And like, I just remember like every song you were playing, I was like, yes, yeah. Like, it, you, you, I don't know. You just have something about you that I, that I can't, like, I've never heard anyone else sing it like that before. Like, you just sing like, so like, it's silly, but it's also serious. And I really like that because I, I am that exact type of person. That's the exact kind of music I like is serious and silly. Getting nice and fucking humble over here. Yeah. My big takeaway from that story is that you were like, oh, I guess this is when we we're going to be friends. I'm like, we were already friends, Bailey. <laughs> Feel so betrayed wow. right now. You only want me for my music. Wait a No, I, wait a minute. No, you're going to, all these viewers now, we're going to get a twisted story here. Because no. <laughs> I've only met you the one time, so I knew we were going to be friends, but I didn't know you that well. So that was when it like solidified, okay, yeah, we are going to be friends. Because I hadn't really met you. We had just been like at the Bomb Shelter show, and I like met you drunk. And so I, I mean, was like, I haven't met you sober yet, so I didn't know. Because drunk me is different than sober me. If I'm drunk, I'm friends with everybody. Like, I'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a, a dick about that, but like, seriously, though, like, I talk to everybody, and everyone does that when they're drunk. But like, so I wasn't sure if, like, I wasn't sure if I really was thinking about it like if, if i really was like did that really happen did i really just meet somebody and we clicked that instantly because that doesn't happen with me very often i don't click that quickly with people see what happened with me is i was not drunk when we met and then you gave me a whole bottle of wine and i was like this man <laughs> yeah. is my best friend for life oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right shoot uh, when did you when did you and l meet was it at punks in the woods uh no, I think it was at the bomb shelter. Makes sense. I mean, I'm I, pretty sure. I think that was the show that we met. No, that was the next show. Yeah, because I remember I saying, cause the one that you and I met at was like a weird, like shoegaze, dream pop ah. show. Yeah, that I, was weird, man. I can't remember what show it was, but I remember like walking like down uh, back by the merch area and seeing you and being like, "Hey, Bailey," and you were like, "Hey, oh," and this is my friend al and i was like well fucking cool it's weird trying to keep track of like when you meet someone at a punk show because like you see so many people so right. often yeah yeah and like you like maybe like be like hi i'm squeezing past you to get merch but like right. not really talk yeah. yeah and like you feel like you know people because you see people you know talking to them right. and right yeah. the hardest part i, I think that. with our group with our little punk community is that we all go to the same shows, so literally we see each other. If even if we don't talk, I see you in almost every show. So it's hard for me to know. Like, do I know you? Have we met before? Have we actually conversed? Because I see you and I see people in almost every show. So it's like, I'm always seeing seeing this person at the bomb shelter. Maybe we have talked before. I don't remember. I see so many people there. Like, you know what I appreciate? Huh? Sober venues. Yeah, I find yeah. I remember a lot more people from <laughs> <than> you. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. So, okay, so I know you play guitar. Are there any other instruments that you that you do play? Well, you obviously know that I play the kazoo. Come on, but, you um... <laughs> are a phenomenal kazoo player. You're one of the professionals. Uh, no, but for 
super serious for real. I uh, I tinker a little bit on the piano. I uh, I really started playing music with violin to you know okay. answer your earlier question. As I um I did the whole like classical training thing for you know a while and just did everything very by the book and then i got like this really cool music teacher that was like this total hippie and instead of having these fancy recitals in um concert halls he would just like hey you play the violin i teach this other kid who plays a guitar my friend knows a drummer we're gonna put you kids on a street corner and make you play for money and then you guys can have yourself a pizza party with some money you made nice yeah and it was like really cool like learning as a young kid that you can just kind of like jam with other people and make music with people that you've never met before and and make money doing it like yeah. especially you know as a little kid you're cute and everyone just wants to give you money and i was like wow <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we made like two hundred dollars this Dang. is a reasonable amount of money for this career i mean Shane, we're doing for a busker hell yeah <laughs> fuck never made that much i feel busking. like that like literally hearing that i just like in my head i just like counted like seven life lessons you could have learned from that experience yeah like, that's really cool it's a really awesome approach and i think really smart because a lot of musicians don't go into that you know classic soloist in a hall like that's a very small right. number of musicians and so saying hey this is how most people make music and right. here's some experience and how this is done i think was um demonstrated a lot of forethought on his part yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah, talk about a great teacher. Holy crap. No kidding. Well, hopefully yeah, so... hopefully he was a great teacher. Oh no, he <laughs> really was like an all an all factor is like when like when we were learning different types of music, like we're learning like I remember I was learning a waltz and I couldn't get the rhythm down. He's like the problem with you trying to play this waltz the way you're pl trying to play it is that you don't know how to dance. Mm. This is a song you're supposed to dance to. So we spent a whole day with me and the other kids learning how to waltz together. Oh, wow. Wow. And being like, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, doing the footwork so that we played it. We knew what we were, you know, this is music to dance to. Huh. That is. I like even, that. Like, I went to an arts high school, and even my art, like, music teacher wasn't that, like, wasn't that in depth with his work. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was really cool. I wish he could have been my music teacher forever. Like, I wish he was my music teacher now. Like, I didn't even play I was violin say, anymore. I wouldn't but... hit that guy up and let him teach me music. <laughs> I need someone to teach, like, teach me how to crowd kill so that I can play hardcore punk. That's the secret. Like, I can't play hardcore punk because, like, I don't know all the pit moves, you know? Mm, yeah. Right. It's a lot of, uh, like, standing in your bedroom with a mirror and just practicing mm -hmm. over and over again until you can get that nice windmill and putting like an outfit together for it like i yeah. gotta pump myself up i gotta put on like my trip pants and like my <laughs> sleeveless hardcore shirt and like Hell some yeah. goggles or something and just like be like yeah i'm tough i'm cool i'm definitely hardcore punk oh yeah and you gotta wear like either a gray tank top or a gray shirt that you cut the sleeves off of or a gray shirt that says something ironic but isn't funny. And then oh, you like can dare? be. Yeah. 
<laughs> Whatever it is, it's got to be a gray shirt. For for a while, I used to. Um, I'm really being stereotypical right now. Oh yeah. I used to like ironically collect clothing for the longest time when I went to uh, uh, college, and I had the biggest collection of like bizarre Christian T-shirts. <laughs> okay. And couldn't wear any of them because I didn't want people to think I was wearing them unironically. But I was like, one of these days, I'm gonna go to like the right art show and people are gonna be like wow this guy is so ironic <laughs> like i had one that had like the starbucks siren on it but it was like randomly jesus uh-huh. and it was just like drink his blood he saves and i just remember pulling it out of like the value bin and just being like what am i looking at <laughs> and there was another one that I regret not buying, but it was, like, not my size. But I held it for, like, five minutes, just, like, trying to, to wish it into, like, a shirt I could wear. But it said, like, walk with Jesus and get ripped. What? It was, like, a walkathon for a church. Oh. And the idea was, like, it has, like, this part cardio, part, like, walking with Jesus and, like, into the path of salvation. Like power walk, <laughs> the road to salvation. You know, that's amazing. New church ideas are popping up everywhere, and this one <laughs> oh might my. be for you. <laughs> you can't hail Satan while you're speed walking. <laughs> really can't. No, you can't. You ever see somebody just like walking around, like spray painting pentagrams and speed walking everywhere, just trying to get a little sweat? Oh, now I'm. I kind of want to become that person. Speed <laughs> walking for Satan. We you know, could start. We could do a, like you know they have like like you were just saying they have walks for Jesus and stuff. We could do a speed walk for Satan. Cardio for Christ, speed walk for Satan. That's right. what it's all about. You can you can dedicate your cardio to whoever you want. Right. Yeah. Like doesn't even have to be a you know divine creature it could be you know i'm dedicating this weightlifting session to jeff rosenstock (laughs) great job thanks for all the good tunes hell yeah jeff rosenstock yep that that, that's one of your probably favorite bands huh uh has been for a very long time yes and that's how we get this episode back on the music Oh god, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I wrote you all back in. <laughs> so like I know you like like Jeff Rosenstock is probably a big one of your influences and favorites, but what are your others that kind of maybe inspire you or maybe bands you like to listen to or Um, so the entire folk punk scene has been pretty inspirational to me just in that you know, it's really nice to to hear music and be like, wow, this sounds bad. These guys really don't know what they're doing, but, like, they're doing it anyway. They're like, fuck it, we're just gonna sing, we're gonna make noise, not every note is gonna be perfect. And hearing someone sing and just, like, their voice crack if they hit the wrong note, I'm just like, wow, this is fucking awesome. Like, Yeah, for sure. Folk punk uh, has been like I feel bad like naming bands now because I'm like I like these bands because they're bad. <laughs> uh, so at the bunny is definitely oh. a big one for me. 
Like, absolutely no influence on my music. Like, really impressed by people that can talk about such real issues in their music. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, I really struggle to articulate my thoughts and my music. And so it's really powerful for me to see artists that can have music with some kind of real message in there. Yeah. I people that. that can tell stories with their music. Like that's that's the that's the dream, man. That's the big goal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to like actually write a cohesive story in song. Like just come up with like a story out of nowhere and be like, yeah, I'm gonna write this. Cause I've tried so many times it always turns out to be like just some political thing about what's currently going on. Not like yeah, yeah. some made up story I'm trying to go on. I'm like, all right, wait, that's a little too real. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm <laughs> writing about that now. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to find that line in between like exposition and emotion. And sometimes yeah. I try to write, be like, oh, I have this political thing I want to talk about in my music. And I just like write down every esoteric piece of jargon that I know on a piece of paper and be like, I have to be really exact about what I'm saying. So I have to use the most technical language. And I just end up with this incomprehensible or just like gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. I feel that as well. <laughs> what are words? I, How do we use them? Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. I've kind of lost track of how to use words. I think for my next project, it's going to be like purely instrumental and I'm just going to communicate my story through interpretive dance. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any music like listed anywhere? Anything on like Bandcamp or anything like that? I do not have any of my independent projects on Bandcamp. I am working on it actually. I, uh, I just got my computer fixed today. I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And then you guys said you were doing the podcast. I'm like, well, I guess I have to get it fixed today. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't fix it for me. But if other people need something, I'm like, oh, yes, I can't put it off any longer. Local listens, making it so <laughs> you fix your computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new commercial. Local yep. listens, so you'll fix that damn computer. Honestly, yep. like, I'll take it. I'll buy it. <laughs> Worked for me. Yeah? Yeah. So you said none of your independent stuff. Like, I know you got some of the Mystery Monkeys stuff on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. So it... we've got Mystery Monkeys on Bandcamp, yeah. And then... We've got the one song. <laughs> yeah, and actually the birthday compilation thing that everybody yeah, did. Yeah, the birthday comp, mm -hmm. yeah. Which Although I did... technically... I have no involvement in that because <laughs> it was a birthday surprise for me. True. This is true. Al does not have any ties to that at all. But I couldn't figure out where to post it to because I didn't want to post it to Bailey Ukulele because it wasn't just Bailey Ukulele. So then I thought I'll post it to Mystery Monkeys because we only have the one song up anyway. So maybe it'll get more people listening to House Cat. So there you go. Uh, which I was did really feel a little silly. Oh. <laughs> it was weird because. I didn't realize that that was posted. I asked everyone to write a birthday song, and then very, and then like it clicked at the last minute, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I should make like a compilation CD or a compilation album so other people can listen to these songs because all you're gonna, you're only gonna be able to hear this song on the video. But what if somebody wants to hear sh just Shane's song? Then you gotta go back to the video, find that one song." So I was like, this would be perfect because then you can just hear the songs. And I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of 
Jesse's birthday song plays are probably from me because that song is so catchy. I'll, <laughs> I'll catch myself like singing it at work sometimes. I do play that album at work as like a humble brag all the time. I'm like, <laughs> look, it's my album of songs about me and how great I am. <laughs> like, especially if my coworkers are complaining about me that day, I'm like, everybody else loves me. <laughs> Look, all my friends sang me a song. Did all your friends sing you a song? <laughs> oh no, I yeah, no, I totally I uh <laughs> I have no problem using that to my advantage. Oh <laughs> hell yeah. Weaponized the album. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so glad you like that album. I'm I'm glad I'm thank I'm thankful for everybody that pitched into that. Shane included. Like that was just that was such a fun thing to do. And I sat there for maybe like an hour and a half writing down lines of different songs just so I can be like, yeah. okay, I remember this line, I can use that reference. Oh, I can do this, I can do that. So like that whole song i wrote for al's birthday was just like a yeah. bunch of references to al's songs no it was so good it was so good i, I really appreciated that it was really uh, <laughs> it's really fun seeing the different directions people took and yeah i was like i heard that and i was like oh my god people actually listen to my music amazing <laughs> yeah it was a lot of yeah, fun it was it really was um yeah i lost track of the question <laughs> yeah it was i think it was uh other bands that you've played with and stuff other than your solo stuff and the uh music with mystery monkeys have you been in uh any other bands um i was kind of in a band for a while and we played one show and it did not go over well oh and we broke up on stage oh i've done that <laughs> yeah and we still jammed together but uh and we're open to performing together down the road. We were just, you know, it was our first time, really, my first time doing music with anybody else and was still learning how to be a team player on the stage. Uh, yeah. One of those uh, stage hogs, huh? Yeah, just, uh, it was it was a rough show. It was a rough show. Like, oof. Where'd you play at? Uh, it was uh, the open mic at, uh, like, it wasn't even a real show, but we had, like, a 15-minute slot at the, uh, open mic at the, uh, Issaquah Make Music Day. And so, like, we broke up and, like, we're all mad at each other and being like, man, you suck, dude. Why are you doing this? In front of, like, a whole bunch of, like, families with their five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I saw that. That would have been yeah. a great experience. I got a free t-shirt out of it, at least. <laughs> there you go. I remember when you played The Valley that one time, mm. and you had told me, I think that might have been your first time performing solo on a, on a real stage. Yeah, that was my first time doing anything that wasn't, like, an open mic. Yeah. Hmm. And I just remember um, thinking, like, I was so thankful that you did that because we had, like, a last-minute cancellation and we needed someone to fill the spot. And you, you jumped in so quick, and you were like, yeah, I can, like, we were already jamming that day, and you were, I was like, can you? And you were like, sure. And thankfully, it was just a bunch of our friends. It was like playing a house show. It was just a bunch of our friends at the bar. No, that's so. exactly how all of my shows work. Like, that's yeah. how everything I do works. Someone's like, someone else canceled. Can you fill in? And I'm like, sure. And then I never stop. <laughs> I'm like, I guess this is what I do now until someone but else you know tells what? me to do no, something that's else. That's kind of cool, though, because you become this person where, like, you're like, yeah, I'm totally down. Then you're just like, you're almost like you're a doctor, like you're an on-call. 
Yeah, pretty much. Anytime the phone can ring and you can be playing music. You are the music doctor. Play the happy yes. song. Music doctor, heal my soul. You need to get a pager, Al, so if we need you, we can just page you. No, I, I feel like there's like a song in that, like, music doctor, heal my soul, cure me with your rock and roll. Music See? <laughs> yeah. Al, Shane and I are now fully expecting, sometime soon, a, mu a song about a music doctor. Al writes super fucking catchy tunes, and it's right. amazing because... Well, we played like one venue and that's where I heard like all those songs for the first time. And I was just like, holy shit, this is great. And then the next venue we played, the people that like saw both shows knew all those words. And I was like, how the fuck do you guys know these when right. they were played live for like the first time like two days ago? <laughs> yeah. But so, super catchy songs. a secret songs. to it. There's a secret to the catchiness. Uh, okay, let me grab like a notepad here. <laughs> right. Well, let, the trick. Let me write this the down. The trick Hold is on. that you can't have a notepad. Most of my songwriting, I do at work. I'm just like zoning out in my head, trying not to like make eye contact with customers. Uh -huh. And so I'm writing music in my head, and I just keep forgetting the mem like the melody over and over again. So I'm constantly like forcing myself to reinvent it until I have I'm left with the version that can stick in my head. Ah. Uh, okay, Shane. We know the secret now. Go work in a pizza restaurant and don't do any work and just think in your head and don't make eye contact. Got it. How to write catchy music equals self-inflicted earworm. Gotcha. <laughs> no, pretty much. <laughs> like, sometimes I have problems with my music because it's so catchy and it gets stuck in my head where I get to that point where I hate it. I'm like, this doesn't sound like music anymore. It's just like, you know, like the meow mix theme just going over and over <laughs> in my head. I'm like, could anyone like this? Is this just like three notes on a perpetual loop? Is this hell? See? Now, now it makes it sound like it's a musical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it... no, I'm going to be producing a full musical on YouTube <laughs> with my own handcrafted puppets. It is going to be a three hour long I'll stop. Epic. I will watch all three hours. Don't, don't play no games. Instead of like Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, it's yeah, going to yeah. be like Dr. Rock and Roll. Self-inflicting earworm? <laughs> Self-inflicting earworm, yes. <laughs> I love, oh my gosh. This is the great. The sad thing is, Bailey, this is what happens. We hang out together. I know. And we're like, we're going to make a musical. We're gonna write a musical. Do you remember that? Do you remember that yeah. like two years ago? You're like, we're gonna uh, write no, a musical. No, it was during together. quarantine. So okay, for those of you who, do, who are very confused right now, last year we were trying to come up. Originally, we were trying to come up with a way to do a music video for House Cat, and we had had all these different ideas we were thinking of, and one of our great ideas was screw doing a music, screw doing a music video for House Cat. Let's do a whole musical of Mystery Monkeys. So then we had this idea of this entire musical about mystery monkeys and how the band started, and it was this whole story about these about these Russian spy monkeys <laughs> from space. It was gonna be so bad. And then like no, one, one of the monkeys didn't make it and became a ghost. And <laughs> I, I, it was it was literally like going inside the mind of Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> like, no, so I'm actually, like, I want I want to go into that for a second because like I have beef with Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, like that man stole my identity. I was supposed to be Weird Al. 
you know, read, like I write goofy parodies of yeah, like, this is pop true. music. Yeah. yeah, I'm Al, and instead I have to go by like Odd Al or Unusual Al. Like wacky Al. Weird no, Al, if not... you're listening to this, you're in trouble now. We're coming You've got to a find lawsuit you. coming. In the <laughs> words of Weird Al, I'll sue ya. <laughs> you were in the original Weird Al. Al just made your name famous, but you were in the original. Maybe it's like a title. Maybe I convince him to like pass it on to me, like when he retires. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. All you gotta do is wear yeah. a wig, like the that looks like his hair. Oh, no, no, It'll be like passing you, down you the, like, Spider-Man like, suit. Every Weird Al is an interpretation of what you take of it. If Al is now Weird Al, then he then he has to make his own version of what he thinks Weird Al would be. Like how different versions of, like, Batman when they pass on, like, yes. the costume yeah. exactly. changes. There's different exactly. Spider-Man. Yep. Maybe I'll True. just be a little weird. A little weird. Hey, what's up? I'm a little weird. Ah, see, that works. Yeah. It's gonna be my rapper name. Back <laughs> on track with music here. Yeah. And, um, like, I, we've asked a lot of people this, and we've gotten actually a lot of different responses about this, but Al, how, how do you feel about live streams? Um, I love them when other people do them. I'm like, okay. this is great. I get to see people make music. It's like I'm not trapped in my house. Yeah, I feel um, that. I have done one live stream, and I truly loathed it. It's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful. I just I want to be able to play in crowded rooms with sweaty people and not have to worry about the plague. Yeah. Hopefully, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, we'll get back to whatever normal is. Yeah. Or whatever normal is going to be. That whole show was kind of terrifying, though, just because, like, there was a whole mask thing. Right. And it was, like, the first time I'd ever really done a live stream. I've never yeah. really been plugged in. So I'm like, where's all this sound coming from? That's what I love about house shows is that you just show up at the show, you stand up on the stage and go, can you hear me? And if people go no, say, okay, I'll scream louder then. And that's the problem I have is I always have to play sitting down because I have such intense stage fright that, like, if I'm <laughs> not sitting down on something, I'll just fall over. I'm like yeah. one of those fainting goats. <laughs> fainting goats. Well, you know, I do like though that you you're when you do sit down though, it gives me more of an intimate experience. Yeah, it really does. I feel like I feel like you're not just singing; you're now like telling me, and like we are going back to earlier about storytelling. I feel like that's how you storytell is that you sit down and it makes you feel like you're telling us a story about your songs that you're like, you're like gather around the fire of my children yeah exactly with these woeful tales of alcoholism and <laughs> cats yes yes one of the most like intimate big shows i've been to was kimia dawson and it was like something happened with her leg she had her leg like in like a brace or something and she was like hey yeah so i'm gonna do the show sitting down because i can't stand that long so she sat down and the entire crowd just sat down and we all just sat there and listened to kimya dawson do their awesome fucking music but it was yeah one of the most intimate shows i've ever been to because it was just like yeah cool we're just gonna sit i think it was at uh it was at numo's but, like, oh, it was just movie. like, yeah, we're just going to sit here, and it's going to be all right. And it was so yeah. cool. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so there's something it's... about, like, a musician being like, hey, 
I'm going to kind of deviate from the norm of like standing here and like being yeah. all up in your face. Like, no, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to relax. I'm going to change the feeling of the room a little bit. Right. Just it's enjoy. almost like a stripped down session of the show that you're playing. You're yeah. like, you're not stripping down the music, but you're stripping down the show itself. Yeah. Think about like any live video of Nirvana playing and then right. the videos of like the Nirvana unplugged set where he's sitting there playing. Right. Like, same songs, same message, totally different. But it's a totally feel. different vibe. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing. It's really interesting for me to hear that people like that kind of intimate setting because for me the entire time I'm thinking, oh god, I'm sitting down. Like, they must be thinking, this guy has no energy, snooze fest. People are like, and actually enjoying that aspect. Yeah. Other than music, what other hobbies do you have? Like, what else do you like to do? Um, wow, do I have hobbies? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I'm getting into herbalism. Nice. Yeah, I've been trying to quit smoking, and I was like, well, is there anything else I can smoke? Because, like, so much of it is just the ritual of having something in my hand. Like when I'm on that 10-minute break or if I'm going to talk to a stranger and you just have to, you know, keep yourself occupied and do something. And I can't just smoke weed 24-7. And so I was like, I guess I'll look up what other plants you can smoke. And I started making myself smoke lens. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like you can forage for all these plants locally and you can make yourself little like headache cures and back pain cures and all these little things and I'm sit in my room full of my potions and pretend that I'm a wizard and that's, that's how I'm awesome. surviving the pandemic bought myself a wizard go. hat just developing an alter ego wait did you really buy a wizard hat I mean people call it a wizard hat they call it a gnome hat there's a there's pictures of me on my Facebook page it's like this pointy little triangle hat Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I saw that hat. You know, yeah. also, Shane, the fact that you question whether or not Al actually bought a wizard hat, like, come on. <laughs> that totally sounds like Al. Like, well, yeah, but, like... For the sake of the audiences at home, they yeah. need to know that the wizard hat True. is okay. real. True, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Sorry, as as the three of us are talking, I just keep forgetting there's other people that will listen. Yeah, yeah like, like a no, whole it's just like No, it's just like the old days when we all just hang out and chat and do whatever. Yeah, like, we think this is a private conversation, but there's a whole room of silent people in the future listening. Oh, that's Whoa. weird. Shane, there's <laughs> something very important, and I wrote it down, and I didn't read any of the notes that I wrote down. I had this whole structured thing of how I was going to answer all your questions. It was going to be so <laughs> focused, and it didn't happen. But there was something very important I had to bring up. Okay. Yes. On episode three, I believe, was oh, Ralph Oh, no! Allen. I know what this is about. Fuck. <laughs> What? So, Wait, why are you Ralph, blaming Shane? It's all my fault anyway. I mean, you, yeah, you didn't you didn't see it coming. I can't I can't hold you accountable for this, but it is stated and attributed to me accurately what? that the correct plural of platypus is platypussies. <laughs> that is a lie. I sometimes lie for fun when I'm drinking, 
And I thought that was a hilarious lie to tell and see if it would spread. And I never thought it would make a podcast. <laughs> um, there is no correct plural for platypus. It's fake Greek. That is amazing. Because, yeah. you know, the correct plural for octopus is octopodes. But that's because it's real Greek. Oh, yeah. Platypus is fake Greek invented in, like, the 16th, no, like, 18th century. Hmm. Well, Al, this was like, this was super fun. I'm so excited that you took the time to take the call with us and talk about. Here is a demo for the Mystery Monkeys entitled House oh, yeah, Cat. No, it was a hoot. Was like Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode here. of Local Listens. Next week's guest is Gray Taylor, a Washington local musician of bands like Special Place in Hell and Inebriated Individuals, talking about upcoming projects and how much they miss the music scene. We hope you tune in next time and have a great and music-filled week.